Hello and welcome to a special Rewind episode of the Raise Your Game Show. I'm your host, Alan Stein Jr. If you're new to our show, each of the previous 12 seasons have had a different theme, a different format, and a different approach to unpacking and dissecting both individual and organizational performance. These Rewind episodes take a look back at some of my all-time favorite shows, in case you missed them the first time around, or in case you'd like to give them a second listen. I hope you enjoy, and more importantly, I hope this Rewind episode helps you raise your game. Would I rather be feared or loved? Um, easy, both. I want people to be afraid of how much they love me. Welcome to the Raise Your Game Show, a podcast that unpacks and dissects the strategies and principles of high performance in sports and business. Here's your host, Alan Stein Jr. You may know him as a brash yet charming entrepreneur, author, speaker, influencer, and social media personality. But did you know that Gary attributes his social media success to the fact that he has no hidden agenda or expectations? His followers genuinely believe that he has no interest in getting anything out of them other than their attention. And in return, he's willing to provide them with enormous value consistently. Here are the isolated responses from an in-person conversation I had with Gary Vaynerchuk in his office at VaynerMedia in New York City back when I hosted the Pure Sweat Basketball Show. We discussed why self-awareness trumps hustle, how true self-confidence is what unlocks our ultimate potential, and why he uses his legacy to mold every decision he makes. Self-awareness. Self-awareness is more important than hustle. When you know who you are. Yes. When you know who you are, hustle's sexier. Yeah. Like, it would have been cooler for, like, the people listening for me to say hustle because it's cooler. Mm -hmm. Self-awareness is the game. So, I love sports. Um, I don't play a lot. I'm old now. I'm 40. I I try to play. I wish we could have played this morning. I'm sorry I had to miss it. But what you would have noticed very quickly is I have no left hand because I didn't have older brothers. I didn't have anybody teaching me to go to my, like when my brother, AJ's a much better player Mm -hmm. because when he was nine, I forced him to only play lefty, which allowed him to have both sides of the ball. I'm self-aware that I don't have a left hand. One of the reasons I don't get the ball stolen so much and when you play pickup basketball is I try not to go to that direction that much. If somebody's smart and paying attention, they'll recognize it by game two or three and they'll be able to defend me better. But when you know yourself, you win. In business, the reason I've been so successful is I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm not good at. Yeah. And so when you actually understand yourself, you know how many people are listening right now that love athletics and think they have a jump shot and think they can take it to the rack? We see it daily. That's right. And, when, and instead of taking a step back and saying, I suck going to my left and then working on it, yep. they continue to bullshit themselves and they never excel. Self-awareness in sports is that, and in business, it's people that think they're a good marketer, mm-hmm. or it's somebody who thinks that they're good at selling, or it's somebody who thinks they're good at HR or being a leader. And the truth is, you may not be. And I think, you know, you look at, you know, I'm friendly with Draymond Green. Yeah. His self-awareness has made him a much better basketball player because he knew what he was good at. Yeah. And Tom Izzo did a great, does a great job with that if you look at why Michigan's, you know, you know this better than I do. I'm just, I'm just dangerous enough to add to this conversation. Of course. He puts players in a position to succeed, then the whole team is better. You know, and so, my friends, if you're listening right now, if you just know who you are, if you know that you're short, if you know that you're fast, if you know that you can shoot, if you know that you're a good guy, if you know that you're a patient 
gal. If, if you know who you are and do more of that and then also understand whether you need to work on those weaknesses or not. So for example, in business, I think actually not working on your weaknesses is a good strategy because you hire or partner up around it. The problem with basketball is, just being cliche here, is if you never work on your left hand, you're never gonna have it. Right. So, you know, and it limits you. So I think self-awareness is the single most important drug in society. You know, it's funny, I think, and this gets into a whole nother thing, I wonder if true self-confidence, like true, is actually the unlock. I think I've been self-aware a long time because I had crazy self-confidence when I shouldn't have. When you're a freshman in high school and you're 4'11 and your book bag is bigger than you, (laughs) you shouldn't be as confident as I was. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? And that goes back to great parenting and that goes back to success in what I cared about. By making money as a kid and being a businessman in my head at that young of an age, it didn't matter that I wasn't the tallest or the fastest or the best looking in high school in, you know, I just didn't care. I thought I was better. Yeah. I genuinely thought I was better. And then thus, I didn't drink and I didn't do drugs. Nothing could penetrate me. The hottest girl in my school wasn't able to penetrate me to do things I didn't want to do when it could have like led to a hookup opportunity. That's when I knew like I'm unstoppable. Wow. Like If I'm able to pass on that, I mean, nothing is more intense in your life than the hottest girl in your school. You know, like, And yeah. you've got a chance. You, most dudes at 15, 16, 17 are going to do anything. Of course. Um, that's when I knew that if I wasn't willing to compromise in that scenario, there would be nothing more intense in my life than that moment. And I think that self-confidence allowed me to then be comfortable to be self-aware. Because what self-aware means is that you're willing to face your fears yeah. out loud. Yeah. Like you start talking about, like it's not fun to tell you I was 4'11". Right. Like I don't need to talk about that. I don't have to tell you I peed my bed until 11. Right. Like, you know, I'm very comfortable in my, in my shortcomings. Uh, I think I have a lot of them. The punchline is, all of you have a lot of them. I know. Like we don't want to look ourselves in the mirror and we do it late. Yeah. We do it at 80 and 90 when mm-hmm. there's nothing else left. Yeah. And so I was like, if that's what everybody does, I'll just do this now. Love it. And what it does is, I think the reason I've over-indexed in the business world is I think people see my purity, which is I want to be the best. Yep. But I don't want it at your expense. Right. I just want to be the best. And if I'm not, mazel tov, you're better. Congratulations. Right. And if I am, I'm going to stick it in your mouth yeah. and I'm going to talk and I'm gonna own it, I'm gonna love it, right? I love it. Um, but if you beat me, like I, uh, this last week we went to Chattanooga, Tennessee, mm-hmm. we played the Bell Hops guys from a startup down there, and the Vayner guys, we lost all five games, and I'm pissed and I hate them and I hope their company goes out of business, yeah. but I give them respect and they won, and listen, when you have a six, seven walk on to Auburn, we're gonna, <laughs> when we're playing pickup basketball, you're gonna lose, but I think the punchline is I respect the game even at my own expense. Yeah. I don't wanna be a hypocrite, I think there's DNA, I think there's parenting, I think there's a lot of variables. If you didn't get lucky with the right environment, you didn't get lucky with the right parents, it's gonna be harder for you. I think I was blessed, I do think I was lucky, I believe that. Um, it doesn't take away the fact that it's true. Right. You know, like, people say, well, you're lucky. Fine, but it's true. People right. say, oh, you're, you're a white male in society, you have a better, you're right but it doesn't change what's happening. Change like, I think too many people get romantic about how the way they want it. You know, so I was in Birmingham, Alabama, and somebody said, hey, gentrification's happening. How do we let minorities win in business? I'm like, win in business. Yeah. And I used basketball. I go, how do we get more white players in the NBA? They have to be good. Yeah. Like, the market is the it's market. The, is, the market is the market is the market. And so I would tell you, going on the life kick right now, nobody cares about your problems. I just have bad news for everybody. Nobody cares that you don't have time to practice. Nobody cares that you didn't grow up with money. Nobody cares that you came from a bad neighborhood. As a matter of fact, you know who I think is in the worst position in startup business world? 
rich white kids because they're fucking soft. Yeah. And they've been pampered and private schools and Ivy League school and then they come and start a business and the market says, I don't care who your mama was. Right. I don't care what daddy can do. Daddy can't donate to the market to make you win. Got it? Got it. And that's why my kid, for example, Xander Vaynerchuk, if you're listening, you're four years old, you will not score a basket at home. The reason you have zero baskets on me is because the market's not gonna treat you any different than daddy's treating you right now. So if you're listening to this right now on recall and you're 13 and you're plotting how you're gonna beat me on one-on-one, I'm telling you right now, nine years from now, I'm 49, I'm in the best shape of my life and I'm gonna beat your ass until you can actually beat me. Yeah. AJ, when he beat me at 16 or 17, first of all, it tasted delicious. Yes. And second of all, it's because he became a better player and now, I work my face off to try to beat him. Yeah. Yeah, I think that I think they're slang of the same thing. I okay. mean, look, guys, nobody's been successful on pure talent. Correct. Right? Like again, I'm being very sporty here because I love sports and I love the basketball stuff. Like, if that was the case, the number one pick in the NBA draft would always be a superstar. Like right. it's not just talent. It's why it's why all these can't it's why the NBA draft is such a crapshoot. You can't you can't judge heart and the intangibles are everything in life. And hard work. Yeah. There's way too many people that give up under adversity, especially when they've had it easy. It is it's hard work and hustle slash talent. That's the formula always and forever cuz timing is talent. You can force yourself into any timing. Say what? Right? Like again, I'm being very sporty here cuz I love sports and I love the basketball stuff. Like if that was the case the number 1 pick in the NBA draft would always be a superstar. Like right. it's not just talent. It's why it's why all these can't. It's why the NBA draft is such a crapshoot. You can't you can't judge heart and the intangibles are everything in life and hard work. Yeah, there's way too many people that give up under adversity, especially when they've had it easy. It is it's hard work and hustle slash talent. That's the formula always and forever because timing is talent. You can force yourself into any timing. I know that meditation's gonna be big. I know that esports are gonna be big. That's not, you know, that's not timing. That's my talent of observing consumer behavior and making bets. I didn't get lucky. I didn't have a talent for I'm pointing at my Twitter and Tumblr stock, right? right? My, that wasn't luck. That wasn't timing. That was the world is gonna be all about social media. I'm gonna invest in Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr. That was talent. That was understanding where humans were gonna be. And then the hard work is banging away. Okay. Like I had people intuition, but I maybe didn't deploy it in a business world and then I was just right about trends and I could always eat, you know, be on my bowling team being like, I knew Uber was gonna be big. But I didn't do anything about it. Right. I didn't know how to deploy it. That was just intuition that I was just a good guy at the bar, you know, got it? Absolutely. Talent is real, guys. Oh, for sure. Like you see it every day. Go look at third graders playing basketball. I don't know how much how young you yeah. go or what you see. Like it's there. Like I was making money as a six-year-old selling lemonade and then baseball cards. I didn't read a business book. <laughs> I was six and there was no time to hone my talent. It was in me. Then I put in the work every day. You know, I associate with athletes because I punted school too. Like just so everybody knows, everybody who's made the league in whatever league, they stopped caring about algebra and science somewhere around second grade. <laughs> I was the same. I got D's and F's my whole life because I knew I was gonna be a businessman and long before businessmen and entrepreneurs were gonna be cool, I fought the system. I had the self-esteem to pull it off. I thought my teachers were wrong. I knew I wasn't a loser. Uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm an 80s, 90s kid when education was the whole game. There was no entrepreneurship and I fought the market and did my thing and it worked out for me. Legacy. Ah. I make most of my decisions now 
based on what is it gonna mean to my legacy. It's quite vain, actually. It's me writing the history of my life in real time, but a lot of it comes from legacy. Love it. I wanna know how people think about, you know how nice it is to hear your intro? You know how like somebody tweeted that they think I'm a good guy because of the things they've heard from you? Yeah. See, one of the great things is the truth is undefeated. Doing the right <laughs> thing is always the right thing. Love that. Like I have no idea who you influence or who you know, but just doing the right thing by anybody you come across, you just never know. And so I like a good, I want a good legacy. Say what? Doing the right thing is always the right thing. Love that. Like I have no idea who you influence or who you know, but just doing the right thing by anybody you come across, you just never know. And so I like a good, I want a good legacy. Uh, it's not why I started VaynerMedia. Oh, okay. Uh, and it's not why I started VaynerSports. VaynerMedia, well, I, started, I started VaynerMedia because I wanted to build the greatest marketing machine of all time, then mm-hmm. buy businesses and run it through it. Okay. I didn't realize how horrible the other agencies were at digital and specifically social marketing, and that's why I got to build a very big company out of lack of competition. Okay. No joke, even though it seems like a competitive space. As far as VaynerSports, oh God, what a potpourri of uh, circumstances. I, um, I basically was wearing a weird Jets jersey that somebody took a picture of. The agent of that player hit me up. We created a relationship. He had a very small agency called Symmetry Sports. We became friendly. He had his own business dynamics. In parallel, on top of that narrative that I'm telling you, my brother AJ has Crohn's disease. He wanted to get out of VaynerMedia because it was a lot of pressure and he didn't like it anymore. That other guy, Mook, calls me one day randomly and says, do you want to buy my sports agency? I'm thinking in the back of my head, maybe this is something me and AJ can do once he's out of Vayner in a year. Doesn't seem like that much. And then I said yes as an entrepreneur. And then what's happened, so I went with my intuition and now I'm realizing, oh my God, these kids are not being, I mean, whoa. I mean, these agents are not, you know, and I don't, I don't wanna be unfair and paint everybody the same way, right. but a stunning percentage of these agents really don't give a crap about these kids. They're, it's a meat market, they could care less. What if I did what I did in the wine business and the advertising and startup world? What if I care more than everybody? I have a feeling that caring more in this business actually is gonna give me even more legs. Do you know what my dream is? If and when, and I think it's when. When we do the NBA, I'm mm-hmm. gonna stay in that genre because we're doing NFL first. Yep that I get the number four pick in the NBA draft and he has a Paul George-like injury and never plays in preseason. Never plays. Fourth pick in the draft. And then I take care of that kid for the rest of my life. Help him learn business, work with him, get him into a startup, write a book about his adversity, build a podcast around him. Like, change his life. Have a, show the world what I'm really doing here, which is anybody that signs with Vayner Sports, it's for life. Yeah. That was me spitting into my hand. Love it. It's, it's everything. It's everything. This kid right here, Vernon Adams, are one of our first clients when I bought into the agency. It still says Symmetry Team, as you see on the jersey up here. Yeah. He didn't get drafted. He was supposed to go in the fifth or sixth round, but he was, I guess the NFL deemed him too undersized. He crushed at Oregon, for anybody who's listening. Then he doesn't even get UDFA'd, which was stunning. Where's he now? The CFL. And we spent a lot of money to put him in the right position to succeed on a $500 commission check. Always do right. Always do right. Because he's the best dude. His family's the best, and I still think he's gonna do a Warren Moon and Doug Flutie and come to the NFL and dominate, and it's gonna feel better than ever. And if it doesn't, that's just the way the market reacted, and I just know that we'll do anything we can to do right by him. So I think, in the, I hope when I, when I die, 
that some of the conversations around my death are, well, he changed the sports industry forever because when he started Vayner Sports with the other guys, what Mook, Brian, AJ, and Gary did at Vayner Sports was they took care of players in such a way it forced Rock Nation, it forced CAA, it forced Drew Rosenhaus, it forced Doug Connor, it forced all these people to care more just to compete with them and it changed the market forever. I love that legacy. Now let's unpack two of Gary V's most powerful sound bites. Right, like again, I'm being very sporty here because I love sports and I love the basketball stuff. Like, if that was the case, the number one pick in the NBA draft would always be a superstar. Like, right. it's not just talent. It's why it's why all these can't. It's why the NBA draft is such a crapshoot. You can't you can't judge heart and the intangibles are everything in life and hard work. Yeah, there's way too many people that give up under adversity especially when they've had it easy. It is, it's hard work and hustle slash talent. That's the formula, always and forever. Because timing is talent. You can force yourself into any timing. I like how Gary shows why talent by itself is not enough to succeed. That you must combine your talent with an incredible work ethic and the intangibles. And I love his formula for success. And that's using hard work and hustle as your foundation to elevate your natural talent. The reason this is so empowering is because your effort, or as Gary calls it, hustle, is something you control. Doing the right thing is always the right thing. Love that. Like I have no idea who you influence or who you know, but just doing the right thing by anybody you come across, you just never know. And so I like a good, I want a good legacy. I love Gary's point that doing the right thing is always the right thing. That draws parallel to one of my own core beliefs, which is how you do anything is how you do everything. He also goes deep when he says that the truth is undefeated. Think about that. If you always live your truth and you always tell the truth, you will win eventually. Well, that's it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. But don't leave just yet. Please enjoy this story from the Raise Your Game audiobook. You can download yours today at audible.com in iTunes, or anywhere audiobooks are sold. Gary Vaynerchuk is booked down to the second. When I called his office for an interview for my podcast, his assistant said, the next time he'll have a 30-minute window is three months from now. I'll take it, I said, because I'm not stupid. Serial entrepreneur, marketing expert, and investor Gary Vaynerchuk is already a legend. He's like a flash of light, a meteor across the media landscape whose effect is still being felt but his beginnings were incredibly humble. Gary is the son of immigrant parents from the Soviet Union. When he was growing up, his father owned a wine store in New Jersey where Gary worked from a very young age. In 2006, Gary started a wine show on YouTube, back when that was still called a webcast and people were just figuring out what YouTube even was. In just five years, he helped his father grow a $3 million retail store into a $60 million online wine business. Not resting on his laurels, he then parlayed that into VaynerMedia, which is now a $300 million consulting business in one of the world's hottest digital agencies. Along the way, Gary became a prolific angel investor and venture capitalist, investing in companies including Snapchat, Facebook, Twitter, Uber, and Venmo, and co-founding the Vayner RSE Fund. One day, he'd like to buy the New York Jets. Unlike most people, This is a totally realistic goal for him. Three months after that phone call, I was at VaynerMedia in Gary's New York office. 
It was surprisingly small given that it's his company, but Gary doesn't come off as the kind of guy who cares about pomp and circumstance. The walls and shelves were covered in sports memorabilia, mostly Jets and Knicks, along with framed pictures of his book covers and photographs of Gary with various celebrities and big-time influencers. His office had a comfortable sports bar feel to it, a place you can imagine killing an afternoon in. It was designed for function. There was a stand-up desk with a computer and a small conference table with four chairs for meetings. One wall was floor-to-ceiling glass with no blinds, so everyone could see into his office 24-7. The whole vibe was approachable transparency, just like Gary. At 9 a.m. on the dot, he walked in, passionate and fully present, telling me he was fired up after hearing my podcast opening theme music. Gary has this rapid-fire, intense way of talking that just ropes in his audience. It's hard to focus on anything else when he's in a room. He is who he is, and he doesn't pretend or apologize. Self-awareness is the game, Gary told me. I think self-awareness is the single most important drug in society. He admitted that it might not be the sexy thing, but it is undoubtedly the most important. When you know yourself, you win, he said. In business, the reason I've been successful is I know what I'm good at, and I know what I'm not good at. He later added, if you BS yourself, you never excel. This is the essence of self-awareness, swallowing hard truths and recognizing the real version of you that is staring back in the mirror. Not the you that you wish you were, or the you that you'd like to present to the world, the you as you actually are, right here and right now. Despite his enormous success, Gary doesn't shy away from admitting there are things he doesn't know and isn't good at. In fact, his willingness to recognize these is what gives him a competitive edge. I'm sure that many guys who grew up working class and are now worth almost $200 million wouldn't bother to search for those gaps or admit to them even if they did. But Gary knows he didn't just stumble into success. He carried a commitment to self-awareness that brought him to where he is and he continues to preach and teach the value of self-awareness. For instance, Gary's a competitive guy, but that's not why he won't let his kids beat him in one-on-one -on -one basketball. The reason? He wants them to understand what it takes to beat him. Letting them win would give them a false sense of accomplishment. Because of this, when one of his kids got old enough to genuinely beat him, that victory tasted delicious. Side note to the listener, I completely agree with Gary, and even take this a step further. I won't let my kids beat me in anything. I think the everyone-should-get-a-trophy mindset damages self-awareness. Gary knew he had 30 minutes with me, but he never once looked at his watch or phone to see what time it was. Despite having a packed day, he didn't just go through the motions. Gary demonstrated why he's successful. He was fully invested in what he was doing at the moment, looking me in the eye, and giving me pure, honest, and direct answers. The whole conversation was hyper-focused and present. If he was like that for a podcast interview, I could only imagine how locked in he is during a meeting or a business call. It's how he approaches everything, and it taught me a great deal about why the successful are where they are. My goodness, that was brilliant, wasn't it? <laughs> if you'd like info on my event keynotes, interactive workshops, and full-day trainings, the programs I've done for companies like Starbucks, American Express, and Pepsi, please visit allensteinjr.com. I'd be honored to add value at your next conference, retreat, or staff offsite. And make sure you hit me up at Allenstein Jr. on Instagram 
Twitter, and LinkedIn to keep this conversation going. All right, that's all I have. I hope this has helped you raise your game. Oh,